Welcome to the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, registered dietitian and weight loss BFF, Lauren Hubert. Each week, we are changing the narrative that women can be hot and successful at the same damn time and do it in a healthy way. Sexy Fit Babes, welcome back. It's your girl, Lauren Hubert, registered dietitian and weight loss expert, helping you debunk all of the confusing information on the internet about how to lose weight and really what you should be eating. Regardless, today we're talking about protein because girlfriend, I do got to be honest, you most likely don't need 150 or 200 grams of protein and focusing so much on protein. Yes, I'm the queen of protein pushing. I want you to eat more protein and you do need more protein when trying to lose weight. However, there is so much contradicting information. Sometimes on the internet, it says 60 or 80 grams of protein and other times you're seeing sample meal plans and recommendations, or maybe you've worked with a coach that has recommended 150 or upwards of 200 grams of protein. And I've seen this with my clients, guys. I'm not just making this up. Such different targets. And I know it can be so incredibly confusing. So I want to set the record straight, put my knowledge to power, and really teach you guys how much protein you really need to be eating and really what the research says. Because honestly, I think there's a lot of miscommunication happening. So as many of you ladies know, you know protein's so important. I have so much content all over social media around increasing your protein and how it helps you get fuller. It helps your metabolism. It helps you retain your muscle, which is really important because you don't want to lose muscle, which slows down your metabolic rate and has other consequences for your health. The list goes on. In fact, you burn more calories breaking down protein than any of the other macronutrients, cough, cough, carbs, and fats. And I do want to say all of the nutrients and all of the different sources of food in your diet are helpful and important for so many different reasons. But I will say if there is one magical food that has secret super powers for fat loss. It really is protein, which is why you see so many bodybuilders and fitness influencers talking about the power of protein, because it will change your life, change your body, change even your relationship to food when you're able to better manage your appetite, plus see the results that you crave. But regardless, just because protein is important, a big trend I see as a dietitian with my clients that has really permeated, and I've actually seen this with my direct messages, I see women on all spectrums being promoted to eat so much protein. And even though I am a protein pusher, hence why I always talk about the power of eating more protein and why for our health and our body composition, it is incredibly important. The trouble is I see so many general recommendations on how to eat protein that really confuse people. And a big trend I've actually seen now with clients and a lot of you guys that direct message me over on Instagram and even comment on my TikTok videos our coaches that you guys have worked with or influencers you've seen online pushing the power of protein, but then setting such unrealistic targets that are honestly not even realistic for the people that they're working with. And the trouble is for some people, yeah, 150 grams might be important and relevant and a really good target for them. But for so many women I work with, the general population like myself that just isn't necessary for all people to have a certain physique. And I actually was really doing a deep dive before this episode. And I think I have the reason why, because for so long, I was like, why are people promoting these numbers? Because for me, it just totally made sense. But what I really see happening is I think a lot of fitness influencers and sometimes even professionals, right? Like they may put these recommendations out, not realizing. The goal to build muscle is different 
when you're interpreting research than the goal to lose body fat. So I'm going to make this as simple as possible, but I really want to do this topic justice and actually bring in some research and more concrete recommendations on how, as a dietitian, I even get to a protein target with my clients when I'm counseling them privately, when me and all the team TSN coaches are trying to adjust someone's plan or help them up level and really make sure they're doing everything they need to for their aesthetic goals and obviously their health as well. Because as much as we want to keep things simple, I always like to bring it back to the power of science because the work I do as a dietitian is not based on opinion and just what I see work for people. It is based on research and it is so important to be evidence-based. And I know that's not always a sexy topic, but when you are taking advice from someone, it's really important that you know why the recommendations are what they are. And it isn't because some influencer has seen results eating a certain way. It's because it actually is coming from a professional that understands the nuances of what goes into a game plan. Because ultimately, like I said, many people don't eat 150 grams of protein. And that is actually a goal that could sabotage their weight loss efforts. Because just because you eat 150 grams of protein doesn't mean that you're actually structuring your habits, your diet, and your total amount of calories in the right way for your body. So regardless, let's get into the research. So going back to basics, and this is what we do inside of my membership program and a really great place to start with so many of our clients that are personally working with us inside of 90 Day Fit Bay Body as well. But when we set protein targets, we always want to first assess what your diet looks like before we talk about targets and any sort of behavior change and portion size changes, because understanding the person and their goals is really relevant when choosing how to approach setting these targets. So when we first think about protein targets, I love to also go off of the acceptable macronutrient distribution range. So basically there's this thing in the world of nutrition and the NIH, which is the National Institutes of Health, known as the acceptable macronutrient distribution range. This range is basically for the three different macros, carbs, fats, and protein. They are specific ranges that a healthy diet, according to loads of research over the time of you know nutrition being a science, right? Um, really numbers that are able to be more like government big picture guidelines for people. However, what I would say is 10% of your total calories versus 35% of your total calories is a really wide range when it comes to protein. And what I will say is during my master's degree, I actually really took an interest in protein. And something that you babes might not know is I actually had a lot of experience in eating disorders during my master's degree, but it was during this time that I also had a tremendous interest in sports nutrition. I thought it was the coolest thing on the block. I had some sports nutrition experience in my undergrad working at the fueling station at Florida State, but with that, I really wanted to blend both disordered eating and like relationship to food with also optimizing body composition and how you look and, and really trying to blend it. And that's where the whole hot and healthy thing came from. But regardless, it was really interesting because I was so aware of these like general recommendations. But during my master's degree, I took a really big interest in protein because I actually realized through so much of the body composition research that it wasn't up to date with what I necessarily was being taught in school. And that's not to put down my education or any sort of government regulations, right? But it is really interesting to see how research has really started to evolve, but it's really tough changing some of these recommendations. But ultimately, I always bring it back to, this is why everything has to be so individualized because as you get older, for instance, like it's very obvious your protein needs go up. However, 
on a general population level, I would say without getting into the nitty gritty, like 10% of your total daily calories coming from protein is far too low when we look at more of like the individual numbers that would go into recommendations. That being said, what I try to say is it's really important to not just go off of general guidelines, like a 2000 calorie diet on a nutrition label, which is where they calculate um, nutrition information from on nutrition facts. It's really important to understand your body's needs. And so that's why I use this podcast as a platform to really encourage you to learn more about what your body needs because general recommendations are going to give you general results. And that usually means like not actually what you're looking for. Every body is different and you wouldn't take medicine recommendations that are just general guidelines. No, like your physician is prescribing you something really specific. And that has to be also taken into account for when you are going on any sort of diet plan, changing any part of your diet, because just like medication needs to be individualized, your approach to how much protein you need, how many calories you need, all of that also has to be individualized. And because we're talking about terms, I think this is a really good opportunity to just share with you guys something cool as well. So AMDR is this macronutrient distribution range, and then we have the RDA. So RDA really stands for recommended daily allowance. Um, And really, that is the average daily level of intake for whatever nutrient that we're talking about. I know we're talking about protein to meet the nutrient requirements of nearly all healthy people. So just like, you know, I always, you know, bring it back to BMI, which is body mass index, which um, is a whole podcast episode in and of itself, ladies. But BMI, you know, that is not always necessary on like the individual level. Like we use it to assess the general health of populations, which is a whole different topic. Please let me know if you want me to do a podcast on it. But with RDA, you know, your RDA for protein is for nearly all healthy people, what is the baseline amount? So that that RDA for protein we currently have set is 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So for example, if you are 160 pounds, your weight in kilograms would be 72 kilograms. If we take 72 times 0.8, that would mean in a span of a day, not a meal, a day, you would need around 58 grams of protein. But what's really, really interesting is this RDA has not been changed for over 70 years. How freaking crazy. So just like you wouldn't want to follow just 2000 calories a day, because that's like the general recommendation for the public. I would also really argue, we don't want to follow this recommendation because we know when looking at specific population data on what certain goals are and certain body composition things are in, in research, we see that this is actually not enough protein to maintain your nitrogen balance, which is basically, you know, through protein, proteins required for so many essential functions in our body outside of weight loss. But, you know, in addition to those functionings, like we really want to optimize our body composition. And when we are not having sufficient protein, we're going to enter what is called a negative nitrogen balance which has really detrimental effects on our ability to maintain our muscle mass. And so if we don't have enough protein available, that's what causes a lot of those negative adaptations. But regardless, going back to the protein piece, you know, I've often been quoted saying, you know, for many of our clients, I think anywhere between 20 to 30% of your daily intake from protein is a really fabulous place to start. And when I say daily intake, I mean 20 to 30%, anywhere within that range, depending on where you're starting at, you know, setting a realistic goal, but 20 to 30% of your total intake, and then doing like the reverse math to basically figure that out. But what I think is really interesting is we have these recommendations that are so incredibly low. But then the irony is I'm having so many clients come to me being told from trainers they need 150, 200 grams of protein. And my whole point of this podcast episode is to kind of show both sides of the spectrum. Like it's so all or nothing. 
And I really see in practice, we need more of like a middle ground because really when we're coming to planning a diet, you can't just go off of numbers and research that I'm about to share with you, but you have to understand how much protein you need to start with, what is realistic, what is your lifestyle look like, and ultimately, what are your goals? So, you know, these numbers aren't obviously set in stone. Research can change over time. But when we look at a lot of research talking about maximizing muscle growth, um, and they call it skeletal muscle adaptations in the science world. But regardless, when we talk about basically how to build muscle most efficiently is the best way to put it. They talk about having protein anywhere between 1.6 to 2.4 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And see how that is wildly higher than that 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight that this RDA is promoting. And this can also be kind of viewed as around like 24 grams of protein per kilogram of your body weight per meal and spreading that out evenly throughout the day. But I like looking at it at the day because we also see that your daily intake of protein matters more than specifically how you're spreading it out per meal. But I will say for the goal of muscle gain, which is a different than a fat loss goal, like if you're truly just trying to put on muscle, we want to make sure your daily intakes are good, but also spreading it evenly has a really positive effect to positively impact that nitrogen balance, which is something I just explained before. But regardless, these are estimates for really young, healthy people. It is important to note as you get older, and especially the elderly population, that older population, you do require more protein. But regardless, you have to remember, please remember this. This is for the goal of building muscle. This means you're not just hitting those protein goals, but your calories would not be in a deficit. You're trying to put on the most amount of muscle. So I think what is really happening, which I'm going to further explain in a second too, is I think a lot of trainers are going off of these recommendations, not realizing what is the goal of the person they are working with. If I was working with like a professional athlete who wants to put on muscle at the highest possible rate and do it most quote unquote optimally. Yeah. We're going to want to not just put their protein higher like this, but we are also going to want to ensure they're eating sufficient calories. They are not in a deficit if they're trying to put on the most amount of muscle. So what's happening is you're taking these numbers for people who are more average population. Maybe they're not doing a really specific strength training program, progressive overload, like really getting all their ducks in a row. And you're taking this really unique, very specific research and putting it towards the general population. And I think that's part of the issue here because most of us are not like NFL athletes, if not all, right? I, I don't know if I have any NFL athletes shamelessly that listen to the show, let's be real. But most of us are not professional athletes trying to put on as much muscle as possible, right? So already we have to take these recommendations with a grain of salt. But what I also will say is a lot of this research is on strength training athletes. So going off of this, it also depends on the access to information that you have, because we actually see through a lot of systemic reviews and meta-analyses and even individual studies, anywhere between 1.0 to 1.4 grams of protein per pound of lean body mass. That's where all of these fitness influencers are getting that have one gram of protein per pound of body weight. But what people don't realize is these recommendations are not just for your total body weight. They are specifically one gram of protein per pound of your lean body mass. But I got to be real. Most of you guys are like, what the hell is lean body mass? And that's where this gets really confusing because just because there is research on something really specific doesn't mean one, people are using it accurately. And two, do you actually know how much lean body mass that you have? So lean body mass is not what you weigh. 
it does not include body fat. It's, it's not your total weight. It specifically is, is your lean body mass, aka your muscle mass is kind of the easiest way to put it. So your body fat percentage goes into it. And that brings it back to all of the amazing clinical nutrition stuff I learned in my master's degree when I was working in the hospital setting. And that's because your weight is going to impact even how we choose numbers. If you are very obese and struggle with obesity, you have a lot of excess body fat. I would never want you to do as a 200, 250 pound person, have one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Girl, you'd be trying to eat 200 to 250 grams of protein, but do you actually need that? No. And that's why you have to understand the person that you're working with before using these general numbers. Because a 200 pound person with 30% body fat is going to look very different and have a very different body composition and muscle mass and lean body mass needs than someone who has a 10% body fat. And I'm just throwing out numbers there. So anywhere, that's where so many people I think are just taking these numbers, they're running with them, but they're not realizing one, what is realistic, two, what is actually needed. And three, they're overcomplicating the shit. What I can't help but also bring up is there is a point where too much protein can have negative effects. And it's not what you think it is. One of the negative effects that I'm actually not referring to that, that I just explained, that kind of confused me, but let me explain. Most people think, okay, protein's going to hurt our kidneys. Protein in and of itself, when you have a healthy balanced diet, is not going to negatively affect your kidneys. However, if you have underlying kidney issues, yeah. You need personalized advice, right? Like you should know that because you're not processing protein and removing that nitrogen in the same way. But regardless, we have seen upwards of higher protein intakes. I forget the numbers off the top of my head just because I didn't prep them for this episode, guys. But we've seen high protein intakes in many different research settings, well above two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight type of things. Like like you're going to be fine. However, what I really see as a dietitian that I like to explain to clients is when you have too much of any one nutrient, it's going to displace the balance, the vitamins and minerals, the carbs and the fats and other things in your diet that are important for making balanced meals, making this sustainable, and also could have negative impacts on really like planning a healthy diet for your health and not just your aesthetic goals. So, so really when you go too high on anything, I always say like more is not better. In fact, like just including more protein, more than your recommendation is what I'm trying to say. That isn't going to get you to your goals faster, right? Like you want to hit where you need to hit. These numbers are put together in a certain way, but doing more, like it's sort of like when you cut out more calories, it's like, well, you're getting in a bigger deficit. More is not always better. The same as with protein. Going too high on it is going to impact the rest of the calorie bank that you have and how you spend your budget, which can impact various other things. So that's that's what a lot of people don't think of. Calories and protein are most important, but the goal is to hit your targets, not go above them or below them, right? Like it's, it's you want to hit what you need to hit. More is not always better. I also see this very, very often where when you overeat protein, I'm, I'm not talking about research ladies, like you're going to get food fatigue and really your plan is going to give you the ick. Like when you get so burnt out of your food choices, that has to go into this as well, because we see in research, the most important thing, and dare I say the most, but like really guys, the most important thing is adherence. If you can't be consistent and adhere to your plan, I don't care if you're eating the optimal amount of anything like that word optimal, honestly, is like triggering me from everything I see on social media, because everyone talks about optimal, but what about realistic? What about what actually is going to be something you can sustain? And you have to find that balance. I'm not talking about under eating and like ruining your health, right? Like 
there obviously is a baseline amount that RDA that like, of course, I don't want you to go below that. But just because you're told to eat a certain amount of protein, we also have to make this fit your lifestyle. And like, there's a middle ground. And I think a lot of people just have really lost that in the world of fat loss and body composition change. I also think what is really important, which is the punchline of this episode, but everything I'm sharing with you guys today is so much of this research is around protein requirements for strength athletes and bodybuilders. If you are not a strength athlete and bodybuilder and plot twist, I am not, you guys know this, that has to go into effect. Like you have to understand what your goals are. So yes, you do need more protein when in a calorie deficit. Yes, if you are lifting weights, that's further going to increase those recommendations. But what is something you need to understand is when creating a game plan, which is why I can't just sit here and say, this is the exact amount of protein you need to be having for weight loss. Like I give general recommendations, especially when I'm talking about like social media and like the power and I know the importance of, you know, how I communicate things, you know, I always say 20 to 30 grams per meal, 10 to 15 grams per snack is a great place to start, but emphasis on the great place to start, because ultimately I can't sit here and say, you need exactly this much protein because I would be doing a disservice to so many women who might need higher or lower for various things that go into it. And ultimately the goal of this conversation is knowing like you need more than these RDA recommendations, but having 150 to 200 grams is probably not necessary. And I want to bring this full circle for you guys. I'm saying that both of these things can be harmful in their own way. And like, we have to find this middle ground. Like, yes, you do need more protein than what is encouraged, but you know, eating too much is also not a good thing. And it's just balance. Like ultimately for your fat loss goals, the most important things for you to hit is your calories, obviously a balanced diet with wholesome natural foods. And I don't mean like every meal has to be wholesome and natural, right? Like we're allowed to have fun, like fucking fit in, but you guys get what I mean, like having that really strong foundation. And of course you do need more protein, but dependent on your starting weight, how much body fat that you have, how much you exercise, what your aesthetic goals are, how much muscle mass you have already, like that is going to go into what is high protein for you. High protein is relative to where you're at now and what your body composition is. So that's where you have to customize this to your body. And for some people, 20 grams of protein is going to be higher protein than what they've had before. It's going to help them get fuller. They're noticing a lot of positive body changes. Like it's going to help them begin to shed body fat, like all that amazing stuff. But for someone else like myself, like 20 grams a meal, if I had just 20 grams a meal and I'm going to the gym as much as I do, like that's not enough for me because I'm in a different situation. So moral of the story, yeah, you don't need 200 grams of protein, but yeah, you probably need more than 50 grams. But somewhere in the middle, you know, a lot of my clients, anywhere between 80 to even 130 is very, very realistic for them. But when setting a protein target, we don't just want to go off of numbers. We have to take your whole diet into perspective because yeah, we can set a target, but if you're not going to hit it, girl, it doesn't matter. And if it's going to burn you out, oh girl, you're not going to see success.